welcome back, everyone, to uh, to Toast the Town podcast about towns and things worth toasting. I'm Cole. I'm Hannah. I'm Steven. Also, we need to address the elephant in the room. Our friend Nabil is not here today. That really sounded like he died. <laughs> well, I mean, he's dead to me. He's dead to he's dead to Stephen. Oh, I wouldn't go that far. He's dead to me. Yeah. Well, um, he will be back in the future. Ideally, probably. Probably. <laughs> in future episodes, I'm gonna refuse to acknowledge his presence because he missed this one episode. He missed this one episode. Um, we're gonna start off with some uh, shout-outs and apologies. It's a new thing we're trying. For episode two, to be better people. To be better people, you know. What What is yours? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna apologize to Tim DeLauder of Tripping Daisy and Polyphonic Spree <laughs> and Good Records because I talked about all the cool things he did in Dallas, but never actually mentioned his name last time. Oh wow, that's a good one. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, you didn't mention his name a single time. No, I talked about his bands <laughs> you, in his you record sang store. His song? Yeah, I sang his song and I didn't mention his name. So shout out to him. Uh, apologies to Tim DeLauder. Okay, mine is going to be to two people. I'm very sorry to the random person who listened to our podcast and felt that I was rude to Cara Delevingne. Uh, she tweeted at me, uh, not going to at her. <laughs> I doubt she's going to listen to this episode now. But um, she said that Cara Delevingne has done more for society than Carrie Brownstein, Annie Clark, and Kristen Stewart combined, which, I mean, I don't know if we're even measuring that when speaking about them. Yeah, what, what do we consider? That's not exactly a metric doing for yeah. society. Also, even though we're not measuring like that, I still disagree. So I guess I also apologize to Cara Delevingne. Really was not meant to be a drag when I just listed you third out of three <laughs> people. When also, what, what do you apologize to Cara for? Oh, another thing. When we originally said we were going to do apologies, we were going to like apologize because we got the movie wrong. Because I said that Cara Delevingne was in Jupiter Ascending and Cole said I was wrong. And then we thought I was right but then we learned again that we were wrong yeah and she is in a different crazy space movie called valerian so i guess i apologize to jupiter ascending for even comparing it to valerian because again cara delevingne can't act but there you go um so i'm gonna go ahead and apologize to Edie Brickell because i just really made it seem like she was a one-hit wonder, where the fact of the matter is she wrote a very successful musical with Steve Martin in recent years. Sorry, Edie. You know I love you. All of these and people you know are I support listening. You. Um, but I'm also going to say fuck Cara Delevingne. I'm going to double down on that nice. one. I'm. This is a firmly anti-Cara Delevingne podcast. And, and that's how it's going to remain. I'm sure it'll reflect greatly when I, again, am the only one called out. <laughs> on Twitter pod. for these things, yeah, yeah. yeah um, I'm not on social media. I, that's fucking, true. I'm answering to no one. We I'm got off it, the grid. We got to do some shoutouts too. Shout out, um, our beautiful artwork was done after we recorded the podcast last time, and that was done by Virginia Bashirs. It's beautiful. It's it's beautiful. It looks Thanks, great. Virginia. Thanks, Virginia. And uh, the the cool tune that you're listening to right now um, was done by our friend uh, DLGD, who makes beats. And uh, this one is very good. I'd also like to give a shout out to my father, Big Paul Acevedo. He hasn't done anything directly related to this podcast, but uh, he's been a real supportive fan. And uh, it's probably very selfish of me. I'm sure all of your parents have been real supportive fans, but I'm going to... My dad hates the I'm gonna, podcast. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hijack this whole family thing and make it about my dad. Thanks, Dad. You're wow. a good man. And then a final shout out is... Uh, to the people who guessed uh, guessed our sound bites right last Which is episode, crazy. they each got one right. Uh, Pierce Harvell, Harrison Perkins, and Mac McCann each got one of the sound bites correct. What were they? Oh, I don't think we can say. I think oh. we, we agreed last <laughs> time that we we don't want to. Uh, yeah, I we don't want to snitch on ourselves <laughs> in case we get in trouble for uh, not licensing these 0.5 seconds of audio. I um, took Kamla. I can. Yeah, <laughs> I failed the midterm and the final. I can. Oh, I know about parody law because I watch Nathan for you. Yeah, perfect. I think all of that encompasses everything we'll need for um, for for protecting us. Yeah. If one of the people whose audio we use come for us, definitely. Um, we are going to tell you where we're toasting today, um, and to do that, we have our friend Daniel, our husband, who is uh, the computer, who's going to tell us what we're toasting. Today we are toasting. San Fernando Valley. Wow, that was, I, I know which one it is. 
And Stephen, what are we toasting with today? We are toasting with a pair of beers from the San Fernando Brewing Company. We went the beer route this time, and we went the local route, um, which I guess is what we... That's the whole idea of the toast. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Just to be clear, it's local beer. Uh, the first one is a cucumber pale ale, and the other one is a grapefruit... It's called the Grapefruits of Wrath India nice. Pale Ale. Hell yeah. Uh, they're, yeah, they're both pale ales. I'll be the first to say that I am not a pale ale fan myself. I'm a lager guy. Um, I like a nice, a nice Miller Lite, a nice Modelo or Pacifico. If I'm really treating myself, but that's about as good as it gets for me. I don't. I but don't, not Corona. Not Corona. Yeah, that's anyone that knows anything about me knows that I am not a Corona man. I know that about you for sure. Yeah. Um, but that's for a whole other podcast. Yeah. So which and you poured you poured each of these beers into cups for all of us. Do you remember which ones? So I remember which ones I poured myself. Yeah. I don't remember which ones I poured y'all. <laughs> I but, think that's okay. I mean, but like one of them tastes like grapefruit and the other one tastes like cucumber. So you should be able to figure yeah. it out. Um, which one did you just drink, Hannah? <laughs> Honestly, not sure. Let me have the other one. <laughs> this is the grapefruit. Yeah. I think this one is the grapefruit. Oh my god, I really don't know which one of these are. This is the cucumber. But I only know that because it's not the grapefruit. I can't taste a single hint of cucumber in this. If Both I'm being of these honest taste with exactly the same. They taste. They just taste like IPAs. I feel like every IPA already kind of tastes like. I know which one over fermented grapefruit. Better. I think the grapefruit one is a little hoppier. They're good. I like them. Could no, they're good. You. I'm just not a pale ale guy. I'm yeah. a, I, I so I I fancy myself something of a refined palate, in most aspects of food and drink. <laughs> But when it comes to beer, I yeah, it's not there. I, I like trash beer. Um, mm, I miss, like Natty Light. Like yeah, sure. Like I'll drink a Natty Light over a local IPA any day of the week. Um, I miss Lone Star. That's one more shout out, Lone Star. <laughs> I miss you every day that <laughs> I'm not living in Texas. Any of these companies want to sponsor this podcast? Yeah, absolutely. Please let us know. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, maybe one day our, our, our toasting beverage will be our spawn con. That, that yes. might be the only way I can get Lone Star beer out here in L.A. is to get sponsored <laughs> by sponsor them and start sending it out to us. Yeah, that'd be sweet. <laughs> hey, Lone Star, if you're out there, man. Um, but uh, if I got to give this this beer a, a rating out of five, I give it a solid three. Because um, as far as ales go, it's, it's better than I was anticipating. Yeah. Yeah. So good for you, San Fernando Brewing Co. I like one of them Cheers. a lot, but I have no idea which Probably one it is. Probably the grapefruit one. Yeah. I just like grapefruit. I've been on a big grapefruit kick lately. Yeah. Pomelos. Pomelos are in mm, season pomelos right Pomelos are bomb. Not, not pertinent to this podcast either, but they are <laughs> in so season. Everyone you should knows. do yourself a favor and buy a pomelo. <laughs> it's like a grapefruit on steroids, and it's great. So, yeah. The San Fernando Valley. <laughs> Let's get into <laughs> it. Let's get into it, So man. much to talk about. Um, so, general facts about the San Fernando Valley. Um it is the area above L.A. proper, for those who have not been to L.A., um, and it is north of the hills, and it's just a region. Um, it's more suburban, uh, more laid back, more spread out. Um, it was. It's named after the Mission San Fernando Rey de España, <laughs> um, which was established in seventeen ninety seven, and yeah. It's just a it's just a, a very kind of isolated area above LA because it's separated or it's bordered on all sides by uh, by hills. So when people say the valley uh, with regards to Southern California, they're talking about this little area. I'd say one of like the um, main things that people think of for the valley is the pockets of wealth especially in like calabasas mm -hmm. and stuff and i would say that not to like give the kardashians a lot of credit but they are one of the reasons that calabasas is kind of well known as like an identity and brand yeah for sure yeah i don't have a lot to say about the san fernando valley like on the surface um i mean we spent four or five months living there yeah we were in burbank which is like the closest we could have been to los angeles proper um, but yeah, I guess like most of what I know about the San Fernando Valley is just like through pop culture, which is what we're going to be getting into. So yeah. yeah, I liked living in the Valley. I mean, it, it was, it was cool. It was an easier way to acclimate to LA, I think coming from Texas. I, yeah, that's fair. But I, I, I really didn't feel at home in LA until I moved out of the Valley and it was just like a more convenient way to live in LA, at least like as an underpaid entry level worker <laughs> to sure. like not have to drive over the hill yeah. every day yeah. to get to work or it literally is, anywhere else it is quite 
with that being said, the, the valley had good vibes. It was chill. The people were nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, driving around within the valley was pretty easy uh, if you didn't have to go over the hill to get into the rest of the city. I had a good experience there. Would I live there again? Maybe not. No, I would you know? It is kind of nice, <laughs> though, that, like, again. the people who live there, I mean, we all live in apartments, and you can just live in a legit house. Yeah. <laughs> you can live in a legit... I have friends who live in legit houses in Which the Which, to me, is, like, so adult. I'm like, a house. Yeah, and they're <laughs> all pretty, like, cool houses. I'm an apartment guy. I uh, I like <laughs> living life. in an apartment. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like I would... Yeah, you know what? When I was moving to... Los Angeles about a year ago. I didn't really have pinned down where I wanted to live, so we were just looking at apartments everywhere. And one of the houses in the valley that was available to live in while I was looking with my parents was the house that they film for workaholics that oh, they're nice. always on the roof of. And Wait, if they in, used in to... Rancho Cucamonga? No, it's well, takes... yeah, it, it's yeah. set in Rancho Cucamonga, but mm-hmm. they actually used a house in the valley. Yeah, and. It's like they used it as a selling point. They're like, the bros on the roof. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it's a terrible selling point to rent the house. No one wants their neighbors chilling on the roof. That's terrible behavior. That was like acknowledged in that show. The whole point was like, (laughs) these are awful people to live around. And another fun fact that Hannah arose or brought to my attention. Oh, that the valley attempted to secede in the 1970s. (laughs) <laughs> really yeah that's amazing and then again in 2002 what like what was the context <laughs> they just didn't like la they're like we're our own thing baby which good for them man that honestly makes me respect the valley a lot more really? they, they know what they are and they're not trying to be anything they're not uh, yeah furthermore it sounds like they're aggressively trying not to be anything they aren't <laughs> they mean, don't want to be confused with la sure. all right i get it fuck la you know i like la but sometimes fuck la so let's get into it. What category are we going to start with first, Daniel? Movies from the San Fernando Valley. Nice. I nice. think that's my reaction to all of it. <laughs> I'm very impressed that you just find the clips of them yeah. saying the name of the town. And remember, those listening at home, if you message us on any of the social accounts or text us, because most of you probably know us personally... Um, <laughs> And I will give out my number to people who don't. Yeah. Me. <laughs> Can I say my number on the podcast yeah. right now? Well, let's leave it to Hannah because Hannah is going to be the scapegoat for all awesome. negative. <laughs> okay, no, but all right. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb though because I'm not on social media. So I'm not hearing from anyone that has anything shady to say about this podcast. So if you have anything to say, you can reach me at 210 364 4114. I would love shit. to hear any feedback. <laughs> Perfect. Call me, FaceTime me. Oh. Yeah. So. There are a lot of, like, trends, I guess, movies from the Valley, or at least the biggest trend is that a ton of the movies we watched are about, like, youth and high school and yeah. teens, mm-hmm. and I was trying to figure out why that is. I think it's just because this, the Valley is, like, a more relatable to the rest of America part of L.A. than maybe L.A. itself is, yeah, so yeah. if you're going to make a teen high school movie... I feel like it very much coincides with, like, like mall culture. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, that's, like, the era and also, like, the age group. And yeah. and it's more of, like, a residential and family-friendly part of Southern California. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, 80s Valley was really kind of epitomized by mall culture. Like, the, the Sherman Oaks Galleria, like, really came to define the kind of mall teen culture that the Valley was really about. Um as exhibited in the movie Valley Girl, which Stephen and I watched. Yeah, I was a big fan of Valley Girl. I enjoyed it a lot more than I expected to. Um, I mean, I do think the characteristics of Valley teenagers was grossly exaggerated, but it's fine. It was an 80s movie. Sure. Mm -hmm. You know, all teenage behavior was grossly exaggerated in in 80s teen movies. But yeah, I enjoyed it. It was fun. there wasn't much in the way of a uh, story. No, it's, it's literally like, <laughs> she's from the Valley. Yeah. He's from L.A. Can they make it work? Yeah. And the que- the question, I mean, the answer to the question, in my opinion, is no. It probably wasn't going to work in the long <laughs> run. I, I feel, wait, can we say how the movie ends? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, what, didn't totally. the movie end with, like, him just, like, showing up to her high school prom and beating the shit out of her Valley boyfriend and then running away with her? Yeah. He that's was, not he was a, a way to, He was a that's jerk. That's not a that's healthy not way to start the, a the relationship. The boyfriend was a you know? jerk, but it, it's Nicolas Cage's first starring role, and he's really good. He plays, like, a L.A punk kind of guy okay, okay yeah the boyfriend was a jerk but like you don't start a relationship <laughs> by beating the shit out of the woman you fancy's boyfriend and then just running off 
there's a very into the fucking scene. skids of Los Angeles. Yeah, at night. That's not a healthy way to start a relationship. Isn't that also how Encino Man ended? It did actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is another movie we watched. Yeah, we it, which is also about uh, Valley teens. Um, yeah, the, Brandon Fraser is the caveman, and the bully like shows up, and he's like, oh, "You people don't get it. He's a caveman," and everyone's like. Yeah, all right. And then, yeah. like, Brendan Fraser, the caveman, throws the bully into, like, a cake. And uh, and then they all dance. The plot of that movie <laughs> is fully crazy, to reiterate. Yeah. It is Polly Shore and Sean Astin <laughs> doing, like, weird fake slang that they created for the universe of the movie. It, it's like a vehicle for, like, the weasel character that Polly Shore popularized yeah. in the 90s. Shout out Polly Shore. Shout out Polly Shore. Um, I've got nothing but love for Polly um, Shore. I feel like every every young person in this town has applied to be Polly Shore's yes. personal assistant yeah. at some point. I fell as backwards <laughs> into a Halloween party this Halloween. That's amazing. At Polly Shore's house. Paulie Shore was not there, but his personal assistant had Damn the keys shame. to his house and threw a Halloween party there. That's it was so sick. one of the more fun evenings I've had in I would like the to greater call Los Angeles area. Paulie Shore for putting on his personal assistant thing that you need to be able to type 90 words a minute uh-huh. because that is like fully superhuman. <laughs> I can type pretty well. Okay, that's the only thing. I did complain about it to Cole, and then Cole typed 90 words a minute. Which, like, I, I, took, I took the test so I could be Mr. Shore's personal assistant. I took assistant. it over and over and over yeah. again, and maybe max. 87. <laughs> um, but yeah, Encino Man, uh, ridiculous movie. They the one of the my favorite plot points about Encino Man is that as the like adventure with Brendan Fraser as the caveman is happening, what they're learning in school like coincides. Oh yeah, they're like but it's an entire unit, an entire yeah. Yeah, unit it's, it's about like, like the early man. several weeks. <laughs> <laughs> this is like way too long of a time and period the, to be studying the Crow Magnon. The chalkboard always is like caveman. Like a <laughs> the, there's a scene where like one of the teachers like pulls down what should be a map, but it's just like a photo of a caveman. <laughs> like, and I like to prepared. think like every like teacher in the valley had one of those on deck. Um, another teen movie from the valley is uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yep, it's another um, good one. With the Valley Bonafides are, are somewhat questionable because it was based on the Cameron Crowe story that he wrote um, embedded as a secret teen in a high school in San Diego to like write about like what teens were doing. But for all intents and purposes, it's like a super Valley movie. They also use the Sherman Oaks Galleria, which is in Valley Girl. Um, Nicolas Cage is also in it. In a, I don't think he had any lines, and I think he's I think also... he was uncredited. Yeah, yeah, well, he was credited as Nicolas Coppola, actually. <laughs> Um, but I, I had actually never seen Fast Times before uh, preparing for this, and uh, it's funny. And I got to say that the teens in this movie are so horny. Like, <laughs> well, also, someone like, help for, them for, for, for being like a fun, like, bleh, like yeah. 80s teen movie. Like, it deals with like some pretty heavy topics, yeah. like abortion. Yeah, and, it like, does. Oh wow, Respect. you know, like you know, like sex with like a much older man yeah. like yeah i don't know but the, like, no like overall the teens are just i'll, I'll say it detrimentally horny yeah terrifying yeah. um another uh, ano- i i can say that i i wasn't fucking like these kids were <laughs> you know what my <laughs> I have, who, who was man i well, have never some of seen us it. were me no <laughs> some of us were me no <laughs> my i've never that's one of the movies that i didn't watch for this but i know of it but purely because my parents referenced that movie like constantly oh yeah i think it's like a They're real fans. it's a real touchstone for <laughs> that generation you, is that how they like scared you from like premarital sex like remember when she had to get an abortion another movie that um another valley movie that dealed with like surprisingly heavy topics Did was, it, it dealed with them de- <laughs> it dealt, i was not gonna say uh, anything. <laughs> ugh. Uh, i gotta quit the pod now um karate kid uh, which I had never seen before. Yeah, Watch it for it's been a couple years. Mr. For me. Miyagi, uh, his oh, yeah, family his was family in an was internment a, camp. Yeah. I didn't know that was like a plot that. point yeah. of that. Yeah, and he he was like a tortured man. There was like that one scene yeah. where like uh, Danielson goes to his place and he's just like drunk and sad. Yeah, yeah it's oh pretty gosh. heavy. Yeah, it's it's wild that like a, a movie like actively criticized U.S. foreign policy. Yeah, and, like, but it very it, very briefly. It's yeah. otherwise like just like a. But still, like it was, it, yeah. was, it was a move. It was a move, uh, and I liked the movie. I'd never seen it before. It's, it's a great movie. Written by the guy who wrote Rocky. They were looking for like another underdog story. Yeah, and uh, I, I'm not going to like you know the racial politics of it mm. are probably don't fully hold up. But Mr. Miyagi's like a very respected character. Yeah, and uh, that actor Pat Morita was nominated for an Oscar for that role, which I didn't wow. know either. Good yeah. For him. 
Good for him. Back to this alcohol, though. Yeah. The more I drink this cucumber one, yeah. I like it. You I do? I keep yeah. drinking both of them. It's like, oh, no, yeah, it's this is like a very under... Like, I can taste the cucumber now. It's understated. Yeah. It pairs well with... All right, I guess it complements well the hoppiness. This is good. Yeah. I, I would drink this beer again. San Fernando Brewing Company, sponsor us. Yeah, yeah I was about to say, maybe they, they can sponsor you, us. You've gotten the Stephen Acevedo markup yeah. approval. Um, and that's that's and not that's nothing. Worth its weight in uh, gold, yeah. baby. Another another teen movie. Um a Cinderella, Cinderella story. story. <laughs> yes. Which um, this movie slaps. I feel like this is, one I haven't seen. As I was like, I would like post like the movies that I was watching at the time. I got more response to this movie than like any movie I've ever like of people like reaching out like, oh my god, what a classic. Like I really feel I like, feel like it's Hillary Duff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. My sister, I mean, I love this movie too, yeah. but my sister does. And yeah, when I told her we were doing it, she was so excited. Like, it's just like a, it's by no means like a well-written no, movie, like, but it's very fun it's and dumb. fun, and I didn't realize that at the time it was like a critical bomb. Like, Roger oh, yeah. Ebert, like, I can't remember his exact words, but I think he called it like a a stupid, like pointless movie yeah but what's weird is also that they've done multiple remakes of that movie yeah which is another crazy. cinderella story with, yeah. with selena gomez yeah. right but i don't i don't think that one was the valley this one is definitely like yeah she's like very into the valley like some of these movies that we're talking about they don't talk a lot about the valley but this one they do and hillary duff is good and has her iconic um, i was about to say the iconic line yeah you want to read it i, I haven't you, memorized yeah okay. waiting for you is like waiting for rain in this drought Useless and disappointing. Wow. Yeah. And that's California culture. And that's California culture, even though it's ridiculous because how do you really classify it as a drought in the valley? Like it doesn't like... That's all the time. It's like, oh my God, it's not raining here. It's like, no, it never rains. Yeah, Uh, was there like a historic drought? Valley drought as portrayed in the sobering drama of Cinderella story. Also, a really funny aspect of that movie is that... um, I think it's Chad Michael Murray is like the yeah. love interest, right? Um, he Freaky Friday. Freaky Friday. He, yes. Yeah. They have a masquerade ball and he doesn't recognize her, but she's wearing one of those masks that like, just like goes only, over yeah, your like, eyes. Like, it shouldn't <laughs> actually be a surprise. And she takes it off and he's like... <gasps> um, <laughs> it's amazing. She fully looks exactly like herself and then like moves eyes the tiny wide shut. Yeah, right. <laughs> Another movie that talks a lot about the valley... Um, that I watched. I don't think you guys watched this, but the uh, Zac Efron DJ movie, We Are Your Friends. Watching the trailer was truly enough for me. <laughs> it, it wasn't as bad as I was expecting. Um, as far, It's about, like, Zac Efron is, like, he's, like, poor and hot and mm. lives in the valley. And, and you, you can't be both. You can't, well... You can't, you, no, you can be both. No, but you, sh- <laughs> you, you shouldn't be both. Um, it, was a lot to, it was a lot to buy that he was a struggling DJ and um, it wasn't terrible, but I will say the movie, it was facing an uphill battle to begin with to get me, <laughs> to, get me to take bro EDM yeah. seriously and find it artistically valid is, is just a Sisyphean task. Yeah, well, yeah. You know. Like a fun, <laughs> bad movie is enjoyable, but when it takes itself very seriously yeah. and it's like trying to get the merits of like... EDM DJ and be like, this is our world. We can create whatever we want. I was just like, I I will. It's one of those movies that wants so desperately to be a great era defining movie, and I did find that kind of endearing. But like his whole quest is like, he he's like a DJ, and he makes EDM, but he got, has to learn how to make good EDM. <laughs> it's like say, he has to learn how to make friends. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> but it's like very like never fully clear like what that means like there's like a an elder not elderly but like a higher up dj who's like you gotta be authentic man and he's like the whole time he's like i gotta get one good track and at the end he plays this festival and his track is like made up of sounds he sampled from around the valley oh which I guess. Uh, uh, whatever. <laughs> Honestly, uh, like, you've done a good job of selling this movie to me. Like, <laughs> well, if you, you know, if you want to watch kinda, it. I kind of like what I've heard um, so far. Emily, Emily about... Ratajkowski uh, of oh, Blurred yeah. Lines fame is the love interest. Okay. A real powerhouse performance. Yeah. yeah. Not really. Um, well, it sounds good. Eh, it could watch. be your thing. I have a friend who liked it, but I didn't. I didn't terribly care for it. If we were talking about movies that like really define like a clear era, yeah. I think The Bling Ring. Ooh, yeah. is best for that. For, in terms of movies we watch for this podcast, like the only thing that Cole and I noticed when we watched it is like they do use music 
like insane. Yeah, exactly. From like more, more current. Recently, yeah. yeah. If you're gonna have your characters texting on Blackberries, they cannot be dancing to Azalea Banks. Like yeah. it's just like. But also, two and two is like the greatest song. No, ever it's written. a jam. It's a total jam. But the it's crazy how I don't know just the technology that's shown in the film, like the aesthetics, like the clothes, the makeup. Yeah. Just like the way that like Emma Watson does her hair is so distinct of an exact type of person and even like year in pop culture that you can pinpoint. Yep. It's crazy. So what what's the movie about for those? Okay, uh, the Bling Ring is about this group, this true story about this group of teens that were actually documented in a um, reality show that was also in the Valley called Pretty Wild, and they broke into and robbed a lot of major celebrity homes. Um, And it's just about how they were able to do it, what they got away with, and if they were punished for it, basically. And it's just about, like, consumerism and kind of, like, nihilism, and they basically just do it because they're rich and bored, and they have nothing in their lives or they have absent like an absent parent or they feel kind of aimless and that's just what they're able to do and it also shows you how easy it was to truly just find this information online like they google like Paris Hilton address and that's yeah. how they find her house and they like break in and find her monkey and yeah um i th- i thought the movie was kind of repetitive like mm. i thought it could have been like more like of a i don't know it worked best for me when it was like clearly condemning the characters yeah. and i thought emma watson kills emma watson, it i truly think that's her best role uh, easily she is just like so in on the joke it made me like respect her i was like yeah. oh, like that's funny she gets like not to like i don't know like patronize her but i'm like oh yeah she gets why this is like funny and yeah. like when she's like i who knows like i want to lead a country someday like the line reading of so that is good. so good and, and her other iconic line which you <laughs> love when she's like i want to rob <laughs> <laughs> some movies about younger youth um sandlot good one good one um filmed in utah actually but i that was surprising that that passes for the valley um i mean i i watched it it didn't like I definitely think it's one of those movies that's better as a child. Like, I didn't find it, like, terribly funny or insightful now. And, like, the faking drowning to kiss a girl scene has not Mm -hmm. aged well. Um, (laughs) Or has it absolutely (laughs) aged well? Uh, That's for the the listeners to decide. decide. Um, Better baseball movie featuring children in the valley. Bad News Bears. Bad News Bears, baby. The yep. OG with Walter Matthau, not the Billy Bob. Yeah, fuck Billy Bob, dude. Well, no, fuck Billy Bob. <laughs> All right. You know, y'all have my number, 210-364-4114. <laughs> oh Billy you Bob? You know where to find me. Billy, Billy Bob. Bob. You listening? Give me a call. Yeah. Um, um, no, yeah, Bad News Bears original was an Acevedo staple. Um, <laughs> yeah, we love that movie in the Acevedo household. It's funny. It's good. And it's, like, legitimately dramatic yeah. because it's about, like, how parents, like, really put too much weight on children to succeed. Yeah. And, hmm. Yeah. Um, classic trash film, Plan 9 from Outer Space. Ed Wood, it was kind of like the proto-room, like one of the first movies people watched because it was actually bad. Oh, yeah. Um, and it, it's endearing. It's like definitely wants to be like a cool sci-fi movie, but it's about like aliens who come down to the valley and like take people and turn them into zombies and I can't remember their Aliens secret plan. And zombies? They like, like yeah. Somehow it, it's still more grounded than Encino Man. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, somehow the the logic of the plot does make more sense. Quickly circling back around to Encino Man, I still haven't figured out what that movie was about. Oh, Why no. were they trying to acclimate this caveman into <laughs> they none thought of it made culture? Any sense. Why was it supposed to make them more popular? Why did it have to be a secret <laughs> that he was a caveman? Like, who were they hiding from, yeah. those kids? Why we don't need to answer these questions. I just want to like, put them out there for the listeners. There was never like a threat that the government would come in and the take him. The bully was right? like, like from the 50s. If, yeah. any, if anyone listening to this wants to watch Encino Man and let me know what y'all think the answer to these questions are, please, please <laughs> reach out to me and let's talk about it. Um, E.T.? E.T., the extraterrestrial, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> if you will. Um, you know, I don't think there's much more to say about E.T. than... Good one. Good one. Yeah. yeah. Kids in the valley, riding around with an alien. Um, the creation of Reese's Pieces. Yeah, it, with the Ooh. creation. Not a fan. <laughs> did, they, did they invent Reese's no, Pieces? No, but they like made oh, it, yeah, they made they it, made it like, popular yeah. because he offers E.T. Reese's Pieces. No, 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 pieces I know, and... but they didn't invent them. Though. No, okay. they did not. Sorry. Um, <laughs> they made them big. La Bamba, uh, Richie Valens, who we'll get to later in the music portion. It's just a classic music biopic, but makes a compelling case for him being like 
a star whose time was cut short and like a real forefather of Chicano rock. Mm-hmm. I liked it. It mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, it, it's one of those things where it like shows the creation of his famous songs and like how he didn't actually know Spanish and had to like lear- <laughs> learn. He had to learn the lyrics yeah. to La Bamba phonetically, which mm-hmm. is interesting. Um, Should we move on? We oh. we haven't done PTA yet. Yeah, oh, right. Oh, my God. The, the Probably well, the most important Valley filmmaker and like one of my favorites, yeah. period. yeah. He's oh, he's the man. How do, how do we even start? Do we start oh, oh well, with, you know we, we can start. Nights? We can start with Magnolia because Nabil actually sent us something to read okay. on his behalf as, about Magnolia. As the other minority of the group, I feel like I should read sure. Nabil's okay. And he did take. write this in third person. Yeah, so. so I'm gonna read it exactly as he sent it. Um, all right, word of Nabil. Nabil doesn't often have spicy takes, but he will say this. Paul Thomas Anderson's Magnolia invoked certain feelings within Nabil that he had difficulty reconciling over the course of the following weeks. He can't explain these feelings, so he won't even bother trying. <laughs> he, he typed them out, though. Yeah. <laughs> he went that far. Okay. Um, frogs have also been a consistent motif in many of Nabil's dreams since he watched the film. <laughs> Gun to his head? He'd probably tell you he didn't even like the film. But he will most certainly be watching it again. At this point, he's just confused as to what it is about well, what it is about Paul Thomas Anderson's Magnolia that had such a profound effect on him, and a latent effect at that. Six out of ten would have been seven if there were twenty. If it were twenty-five minutes shorter. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I'd agree it's too long. I like and Steven's take that it should have ended yeah. after the first okay, hour. Okay, so I yeah, I haven't watched it all the way through, or like I thought I had, but it turns out I had just read a really good plot synopsis on the internet at a certain point um so i tried to watch it at some point over the past couple weeks but like who has three hours to spare yeah you know so uh last night or yesterday afternoon i tried to find it somewhere to watch wasn't on amazon so i had to like download a voodoo account (laughs) it also turns out it's not called mongolia it's called magnolia I got through the first hour, and I thought it was a phenomenal film. Do you think it was and a like, movie about Ma- Mongolia? I thought it was about the Mongols. <laughs> in the valley? In the, yeah. Oh, my God. I, oh, I mean, we just got done talking about fucking cavemen in the valley. Okay, You're going to okay. tell me Mongols in the sure, valley is too far-fetched? I would agree it's too long, and Paul Thomas Anderson would agree too. it's too long. He did a Reddit AMA, yeah. and someone asked him, like, if you were making Magnolia today, would you do anything differently? And I think his, like, exact response was, I'd tell myself to chill out and cut 20 minutes. So. Yeah. I actually was, like, standing firm, and I was like, mm, I don't really want to watch Magnolia for this. And then I was like, I'm going to educate myself and read a... Uh, summary of it and then I realized that I had already seen Magnolia (laughs) (laughs) and I fully have seen this movie and I the only part I remembered was the frogs which is the best part of the movie but did not need all of that Stephen dad did you at least get to Luis Guzman yeah, I, I got to like his like one of his first appearances, like when he's like about to like go on in the game Good. show, and he's like giving like some of his like Good. Demi- Okay, yeah, I'm gonna say I loved Magnolia because I only watched the first hour, and and like the the first hour of that to me was the perfect film. <laughs> it just like it end. I think in my head that movie ends when John C. Riley responds to a noise complaint at this girl's house <laughs> while she's doing a bunch of blow. And he's like asking her questions. That's where the movie That's ends for me. Like, Just like a good, a good non sequitur yeah. ending, and like it was the perfect film as far as I'm concerned. I love the game show scenes. Those to They're me are really like good. very very sweet, and I really feel for that. Yeah, child. The, the one the one that I saw was pretty heavy, pretty powerful. Um, yeah. It's a it's a great movie about again like the pressures put on children and yeah. Um, yeah, when he's like, you have to be nicer to me. Yeah, <laughs> so sweet. Uh, it's a lot of people consider it his Paul Thomas Anderson's best movie. I wouldn't go that far. I I would. The first hour that I saw. You liked it more than Boogie Nights? Because I know that's like your favorite movie. No, yeah. Let's, let's move on to Boogie okay. Nights. Boogie I, Nights? I, I have a lot to say about Boogie Nights. Wait, I have one more thought about okay. Magnolia. Let's make it quick. Okay, sorry. Um, I think the thing that makes me really interested in Magnolia is I think that is how Tom Cruise is in real life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, okay. Like, that, was, I, that was worth you <laughs> taking up 30 more he's, seconds. He's in incredible God. in it. He's so good. No, I totally agree with that. I think he's fully that psycho, probably. Yeah, same. Um, Okay, Boogie Nights. Great film. Porn. Big deal in the Valley. Porn is a big deal in the Valley. Valley, Home of the porn industry. Home of the porn industry. Um, It's it's, it's my... Honestly, like... I don't know. I fucking love this movie. Also, I'm going to go on a quick story right now. First time I ever saw this movie, I was in fifth grade. I was (laughs) staying home sick uh, because I had a bellyache. Spent the whole day in my room. I had HBO in my room, Channel 14 at the time. It's no longer Channel 14. But for some reason, Channel 14 in my room is HBO. Boogie Nights was on. And I watched that whole fucking movie in the fifth grade. And um, a lot. It was a lot to take in. It, It did a number on me. And then when, you know, Mark Wahlberg pulls out his flaccid penis at the end. 
as a fucking fifth grader, I'm like, oh my god, like, is that what it's supposed to look like? <laughs> what? What? Like, how? Like, it's set very and, unrealistic, ex- pe- and, and, penile and, and, and expectations. I, and I did a lot of research about like how big is my penis supposed to be at this age? Will it grow? And like, it reaffirmed me that it would, but it really didn't. It didn't get much wow. bigger. And uh, yeah, oh hey, so, if you like, want to text Steven about his if dick, two one zero three six four four one one four. Let's. I'm glad you roasted me and then said that. <laughs> Boogie Nights is awesome. It's also very long. Um, movie, Paul Thomas Anderson movie that's way shorter. Uh, Punch Drunk Love. Punch Drunk Love. A very good movie. I love Adam Sandler. I love Paul Thomas Anderson. These are two men that are just, they're beautiful men. They're, they're yeah. They're beautiful men, and them working together is just, it's its better than sex. I could talk for a whole hour about Punch Drunk Love. It's great, but we're running out of time. Oh, yeah. That's good. Um, support the, Paul Thomas Anderson. Support Adam Sandler. Exactly. <laughs> I don't care what that man does. They he's better than all money. of us. Last, Maybe not even Paul Thomas Anderson. Adam Sandler is better okay. than us, all right? Last movie. Um, that's actually second to last uh, movie that can segue us into the music category. Sound City is a documentary directed by Dave Grohl about the Sound City Music Studio in the Valley, and it's a great documentary. Great documentary. Lots of good albums were recorded at that studio. Um, and Dave Grohl is a great director, actually, and his series, uh, Sonic Highways, is kind of partially inspiration for this podcast. They like go city to city, mm. but they just do music, and it's very rock-centered, but it's great. Um, we're well, a pro Dave Grohl podcast. We're pro Dave Grohl. <laughs> Last movie to talk about, filmed in the Valley, um, Her Boyfriend's Secret. Oh, yes. Lifetime original movie. Conflict check, of interest here, though. Check us out. Check <laughs> us out. Steven and I are extras in this Lifetime movie, Her Boyfriend's Secret. Um, yeah. You can see me dipping a piece of celery in a glass of water. You can see Why? me walk down a hall. We're, we're extras at a party. Um, okay. My pick, Valley movie, Punch Drunk Love. It's great. If you haven't seen this movie, it's it's short, it's 90 minutes, and it's incredible. Watch it. Boogie Nights. Ooh, I think I'm going to pick Bling Ring then. Cool. Daniel, what are we doing next? Music from... The Valley. Can we just get right into System of a Down? We can get right into System of a Down. System of a Down, there, again, another thing that Valley Bonafide's in question. Wikipedia says Glendale. <laughs> the only person from the band that I can actually, like, verify is from Glendale is... Uh, Darren Malakian grew up in Glendale, and then Serge Tankian went to Cal State Northridge, so I guess they're Valley. They recorded the first album in North Hollywood. They mixed it in Burbank. Which and, is well, the of... first album, the self-titled, Oh, no, no, no. I'm recorded. talking about Toxicity. Yeah, Toxicity um, is the one everyone knows. It's got Chop Suey. It's like just crazy alternative metal, and it, it totally rules. Yeah, it stands the test of time. I don't yeah. care what anyone says. This movie down is cool as fuck. Yeah. Those songs are still good. They still deal with really interesting topics like group sex, overpopulated prisons. Yeah. Oh, like wow. it's like it's not just like throwaway like, <laughs> like <laughs> the well, songs it, are good, the melodies are good, the instruments are like it's like interesting choices of instruments. They like fucking like there's some banjos in there. There's some banjos, there's, there's like, some jazz. There's System some of jazz. a down rules. Toxicity rules. This is a pro system of a down podcast. It's a pro system of a down podcast. <laughs> but Caradelvine, <laughs> we are pro system of a down. Um, there are other, two other alternative metal groups from the Valley. Um, alternative metal, new metal, whatever you care to call them. Incubus is from Calabasas. Much love. Much love. Um, they lean more towards the alternative than the rap rock side of new metal. Fair. Um, but their album, Make Yourself was recorded in North Hollywood. Um, I like Brandon Boyd's voice and the harmonies, even though his like pseudo-philosophical lyrics can be like kind of <laughs> stupid sometimes. Um, but I like Incubus. And Linkin Park, not as crazy about Linkin Park. Not a Linkin Park fan myself. They're, they're from Agora Hills, which is like kind of valley. It's like it's Adjacent. further west to Calabasas, but uh, for our purposes, it is from the valley. That I, album, Hybrid Theory, is still the best-selling rock album of the century, which is crazy wow, to me. I had no idea. 31 million copies. Yeah. Damn. Well, I mean, God knows I have a whole lot of opinions about Chester's death, but we're not going to get we're into not, those. Oh, we are so not. Um, what did I I had written something else down about Hybrid Theory. Um, I still kind of chuckle when I hear the piano from In the End start. Because it makes me think of like early YouTube anime music videos. <laughs> <laughs> Richie Valens, as mentioned earlier, is from Pacoima. That's that's Stephen. 
Um, Just in case you didn't know. Yeah, he did the song La Bamba, and which was like the first Chicano rock hit. His music career lasted eight months, and he got in that terrible plane crash, and his album was released after he died. Some would say gone too soon. Some. Absolutely gone too yeah. soon. Um, Some would say. Jenny Lewis of Rilo Kiley fame and Postal Service fame uh, grew up in Van Nuys because she was a child star, was in the movie Troop Beverly Hills. Kind of cool, sometimes folksy, sometimes poppy, singer-songwriter. And she, her touring guitarist what, for a while was Daniel Heim before the band took off. And, and Heim rules. Yeah, they um, have like a partnership with Paul Thomas Anderson and he directs a lot of their music videos and I, I just love them so much. They're great. And um, that's because PTA's art teacher when he was in high school was uh, Mrs. Heim, their mom. Yeah, and oh. I know some people like... I don't know, make fun of them. They have a very specific look and sound, and some people say that they are trying too hard to cultivate that. But I like their most recent album a lot, and um, when I was researching it, one of their songs is called Little of Your Love, which is a music video directed and filmed in the Valley by Paul Thomas Anderson. And I didn't know this, but it was written for the movie Trainwreck. And then it really? like, yeah, <laughs> and then it was never in the movie, but that's just really, like that random Amy Schumer movie. How did that even like cross paths with that? I don't know, but I think they're really interesting, and I like any band with a female drummer, and they're all extremely talented. There's... I feel like the Heim sisters are like real tight with like a bunch of female comedians. I, I feel like they're all yeah. like like on like Instagram and shit. With, like, yeah, they're cool. They're cool. They're, they seem like cool girls. And to... I don't like their music that much. If I'm being honest, really, it's just not really for me. Like I like I can I can recognize like the validity of yeah. it, but um, I like I I don't think I've ever like bum time. Like, I honestly feel board. like they're kind of polarizing. I feel like people either like them or they do not at I all. Yeah, love well, I don't I don't hate them. <laughs> yeah. Like like every now and then I'll hear a song and be like, oh, this is a schnazzy song but it's, it's not i think their first album is better than the second one i think the second mm. one is just kind of like diminishing returns on the first one it, it the second one the songs are too long and they all they're so cohesive that they could easily be I one agree. song they're, the songwriting isn't very varied and the lyrics are all about relationships and love and all that the first album is different and interesting yeah but yeah i saw them on tour for something to tell you which is their most recent album and they put on like an incredible show they do i saw them acl 2013 and i met them at the album signing afterwards and there's oh. a ridiculous photo of me scrawny and 17 with Haim and we're all looking in different directions we didn't know who was taking the photo <laughs> Haim rules um, Haim and PTA form like a valley Voltron yeah. which are yeah. cool um, they can summon the Encino man <laughs> <laughs> last band to mention Bad Religion not a ton to say just good 80s hardcore rock on rock on um, my valley album oh I for totally forgot to mention this Haim they were in the girl group Valley Girls from 2005. Oh, really? Danielle and Esty, they had a song in the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants album. Wow. And just look up the old like press photos from that girl group. They are hilarious. They are good. I've seen old press photos of them like playing at like a clown museum. Yeah, that that's from the Valley Girls <laughs> yeah. when they were in that group. Um, for me, Valley album, Days Are Gone by Heim. I still listen to that all the time. Uh, toxicity, system of a down, always going to love them, always going to cherish them. Okay, since you said Days Are Gone, I'll say something to tell you, because although it might not be as good, I think it's for a specific mood, and I yeah, can appreciate that. Yeah, still has jams. It's probably a little sunnier than yeah. the first album. I like it. Okay, Daniel, last topic. TV from the Valley. Steven and I watched Chuck... From 2007. Yeah. Bad show. I'm just going to say <laughs> I did not fuck with Chuck in the slide. I, I, God I, damn it. I hate that I rhymed that. That was upsetting. That you fuck with Chuck? That you I, don't fuck with Chuck? I hate that I said that. I didn't. It didn't rhyme in my head, and it rhymed uh, in my mouth, well. and that was disgusting. But I, I didn't like that show. I thought it was bad. I hate, <laughs> I, I hate that song that they used. Yeah. Do you know? Did you I totally forgot what it was called. It was it's if you we looked it up it was like 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 15 different movies literally every movie from like 05 to like 08 it was just like we'll tweet about it so because we can't remember it now we'll add an addendum someone shazam this episode we did we did they played the song like at four different points in the pilot yeah i was into this show in middle school it's set in burbank he works at like a like a Best Buy equivalent in Burbank. Um, I liked it in middle school. It was like about a, like a nerd who becomes a spy. 
but it didn't age super well. Mm. And it has Zachary Levi, who... We came across some interesting Zachary Levi gossip. <laughs> well, it beca- it came about it's not because... not gossip. No, it's true, and he said it. But um, he we were talking about it because Zachary Levi is now on the show Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, where he plays a Jewish person, and he is extremely Christian in real life and has this kind of huge quote that we found that he... That basically sums up to... He hopes people come up to him on set and ask him, like, how he knows peace and how he knows love and stuff. And so he can say... This is a quote. And I can turn to them and say, without blinking, Jesus Christ... He's like is a, that Chuck? No, Chuck? Yeah, yeah, that's Chuck. Dude, all I'm saying is if NBC would have invested less time in Chuck and more time in keeping fucking Conan O'Brien on this night show, I wouldn't hate network television. And that's all I'm there saying. There you go. I agree. Which leads us to Conan, which is filmed in Burbank. Filmed in Burbank. Another conflict of interest. If anything is the essence of Burbank, it's Conan. Is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> Steven and I interned there. Had a grand old time. We had a grand old time. Great people, great staff. show is still like the one of the funniest like late night shows as far as like sketch comedy yeah and as far as like my comedic taste goes yeah yes yeah. there's it's still and now it has a new format yeah which yeah is it's, it's pretty good bad. so yeah, far yeah. yeah i like it and he um, gets to wear his glasses yeah yeah dude I, that's like the best part about yeah. it like it's about fucking time to let that man wear his spectacles yeah <laughs> um the show cobra kai is the sequel show to the karate kid yeah i, I i'm upset that i haven't watched it yet. it's on youtube it's all right. I saw Ralph Macchio at a bar a couple weeks yeah. ago. He looked sad. Oh, really? Yeah. Damn. <laughs> he, looked, he looked rough. What I liked about this is it, like, made, like, uh, Daniel-san, like, into, like, a grown, like, he, like, the success went to his head and he became, like, a grown douchey car dealer. Oh, really? Yeah. It's, <laughs> oh, wow. Well, it's about the bully. It's about Lawrence. Oh, I didn't know Yeah, that. yeah. It's about Lawrence and how he's, like, a bum because he lost... That's the really match funny. to Daniel unfairly, which they point out it was unfair. He kicks him in the head to win the Karate Kid, <laughs> which is an illegal I, move. I love that that loss ruined his entire. Yeah, life. it did, but it makes a case that like when you build that much on success, that such an embarrassment will like send you into a tailspin for the rest of your life, which it Damn. did. Um, it's on YouTube. Not super high production value, but I liked it, and it also <laughs> like gave a very like weird run where we, when we were living in the valley, there were billboards. Of Ralph Macchio pretending to have a car dealership, like real ass <laughs> yeah, billboards I, I all over that. That's amazing. Yeah, um, you want to talk about the the classic reality show we watched? Oh yeah, well, well, the two reality there's shows. There's two major yeah. reality shows from the Valley, which are The Bachelor, Bachelorette, and Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Mm-hmm. Keeping Up with the Kardashians taking place in and around Calabasas, and um, the Bachelorette mansion is where they kind of like filmed the first couple episodes of every season yeah in agora hills and um i think the funniest aspects of the bachelor and the bachelorette are in the valley portion of the show because it's always the lowest budget aspect of the show it's where there are a ton of people left you don't know any of the people's names they have to do group dates of like 15 people so it's always them setting up like a terrible low budget obstacle course and like a random (laughs) middle school in agora hills or like a soldier boy video yeah, or, like, going to an escape room at, like, the mall or <laughs> something crazy like that. And it's always them just trying to, like, stretch what they can do and get corporate sponsorship. And those are always the funniest because they're so low production value and they run out of ideas so quickly. It's always kind of very similar. And I, yeah, I totally agree with that. It's, yeah, it's, it's like so before it, it's before they get to go abroad. So it's, like, when all the people who still don't really matter that much yeah. are still in the season. I had never been into The Bachelor, The Bachelorette. I grew up watching Flavor of Love, so I was fucking oh, yeah. spoiled in that capacity. <laughs> True. But uh, my girlfriend has recently gotten me into The Bachelor, and I've had, like, a crash course. Yeah, it's so funny, especially when they're in California. I cannot agree more. It's the it's, funniest part. It's And then keeping phenomenal. up with the Kardashians, obviously, kind of, like, popularized, like, I don't know, like, Calabasas and, like, Calabasas culture and... Yeah, I think they get a bad rap. I'm, I, if we were going to like litigate the validity or feminist bona fides of the Kardashians, it is, we could be. Like, here there all are day. too many I like, layers. I, like, I, like, I, like, I fuck with. I think it's they're like. Cool. Yeah. I think they're fine. They're fine, like, dude. Like they're not. They're, they're fine. Yeah, in yeah. the very first episode that Hannah and I watched, oh, yeah. which is crazy to just see what they were like twelve years ago, but they like ask him like why she made the sex tape, and her answer is, is verbatim. Because I was horny and I felt like it, which like, fuck yeah, yeah, mad respect. Yeah, mad chill. respect. Hell Why yeah. else would anyone do it? But she was so but open for those about reasons. it. It was yeah. cool. I liked Hell it. Hell yeah, um, good for her. It's Gary Shandling's show. It's Gary Shandling's show. Um, I only watched the episode that we watched, yeah. but it was really cool, yeah. really inventive. Um, like breaks playing, the fourth yeah, wall. Yeah, breaking like the fourth the wall. Point. Just like really like fucking playing with that multicam format, yeah. and like but like also breaking into like single cam. It's cool, man. Um, Larry Sanders show though is my thing. 
I mean, it could be debated whether or not that actually took place in the valley. But I, well, like, say, it was very much yeah. valley culture of like being in a lot on the valley doing a daily talk show. I think they um, say like recorded live from Hollywood. Yeah, but the valley. Sure. Larry Sanders show, big fan. <laughs> we are pro Gary Shandling. We are a pro. Yeah, yeah. Last show. Took the words out um, of my mouth. Barry. I, I love Barry. That was my favorite show of the past couple years. Um, hilarious. Also, just very like, compelling television. Yeah. Um, and you know how it counts, like, the true sign that it's Valley content is they fly out of Bob Hope. And yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, I, I love, like, the dramatic, angry scene of, like, dropping off Fuchs at the airport and realizing it's Bob Hope. <laughs> like, <laughs> all right. Yeah, fuck yeah. This show. All right. Do you have anything to say about Barry? Um, I haven't watched it, but I want to, but I know it's gory, and I'm oh, very bad at yeah. that kind of stuff. It's not, but the cast yeah. here, I mean, it's a, there's, there's like some, some rough scenes. The cast really is terribly. so good. Uh, yeah, right. there's some you're, torture. Yeah, there's yeah. a little bit of torture. But I, there's so many people like Darcy Carden and Kirby Howell Baptiste, who yeah. I think are so funny and so Darcy talented. Darcy Carden's so good. I wish she was used more in the show. For TV, it's Barry, easily, for me. Yeah, um, Barry, hands down. I fucking love it. I'll go Bachelor because I trust in my heart that Barry is a very good show, but I haven't seen it. It is. It is good. Your heart is correct. Okay. I will, I'll quickly roast the town. My thing that I like least about the Valley is people who live there who don't think it's a big deal for me to come to the Valley. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah. If, if I don't want to go to the Valley, that it, it's very <laughs> logical and realistic for me to not want to go to the Valley. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I'd say mine is probably like Calabasas athleisure wear that's really popular now where it'll be like a like $5,000 like Gucci sweatshirt but it's like meant to look like you don't have your shit together and are wearing an oversized sweatshirt and it's like only something that rich teens in Calabasas can afford and it's just insane. Uh, mine is the porn. And like don't get me wrong, I love porn. But as a man who's always had insecurities about his genitalia... Uh, porn has done nothing but reinforce those insecurities. Oh my, oh my god! It's almost like porn is a really complicated, multi-layered. I, I, thing I, yeah, I have an odd relationship with porn because on one end I love it, and on the other end I'm like, why do you do this to me, porn? Wow. You know, well, that's uh, a lot. Well, this has been Toast to Town, everyone. <laughs> Stephen's gonna go to therapy now. <laughs> yeah, well, or you can text him because he gave oh, yeah. you his number. Yeah, I can't really afford therapy. What's your number? One more time. It is a 210-364-4114. Oh, my God. There we go. There we go. All right, guys. This has been Toast of Town. Until next time. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>